Hello, my name is Colleen Dietz. And I'm Miranda Crandall. We are the Angels on Fire. And this is Mormon Happy Hour. We are two post-Mormon gals bringing you the hottest topics in Mormonism. We will keep you current, keep you entertained, and keep you tuned in. This is episode 17. Woo! So, basically, we're going to be recapping Conference Weekend, which includes the LDS Protect LDS Children March in Mm -hmm. Salt Lake. Our own march here in Arizona, conference weekend, and all of the amazing, fantastic things that happened, and really, really hella boring things that we're just going to skip over because we didn't watch conference. And then including Crystal Legionnaires, and we'll kind of recap what she did and also plug the interview we did with her earlier last week. Then we have tons of basically literally the rest of the show is like headline after headline after headline after headline. The LDS Church has been monopolizing national news this week. National news. National from coast to coast like New York Times, Washington Post, you name it, they're in the news. From conference, the mention of non-consensual immorality by Mm -hmm. Quentin Cook. We're going to hit that. That was also covered in national news. The MTC rape victim files a lawsuit. Uh, McKenna Denson, she came out. She's now public, and she held a press conference, so we'll talk about that and her lawsuit there. um, And kind of in conjunction with that, uh, McKenna's daughter that she put up for adoption. Oh, boy. That's kind of a, a rough... We'll talk about that as well. And then there was a a fertility doctor that just made national news this past week, too, because he um, has fathered, I read somewhere, I'll have to find it and reference it, but he has fathered more than hundreds of children at this point because instead of using donor sperm, as had been requested specifically by all of the patients, the parents, he used his own because, you know, why not? It's there, you know, I guess. (laughs) So I think that's just about all of the headlines. And Uh, we're going to definitely be littering in some hilarity. Yes. Sprinkled in We're going to throw in funny things here and there. Got some some shots and stuff like that lined up. So we'll break it up. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And then you have our... Post-Mormon Life Pro Tip, right? Yes. So today our Life Pro Tip is going to be of the non-alcoholic variety. It's always actually a good, you know, to balance out. Yes. We're talking about tea. Still against the word of wisdom. Ooh. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, but tea. So here I've got my Tivana tin. I've got loose leaf tea in here. This tea is orange blossom. It's an orange blossom blend. Mm, that smells delicious. Smells really good. So it's a loose leaf tea. And this one is actually herbal. So your Mormon <laughs> friends and family can drink. So the youthberry blend that I like to mix with the orange blossom is a white tea, which has minimal caffeine, mm-hmm. um, but I basically pass it off as herbal. <laughs> well, white. It's probably, I think it's less caffeine than it is. a soda. Oh, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. A white um, tea is the, the young tea leaves. They're brand new sprouts, so they don't, they're yeah, yeah, White tea aged. versus black tea, which mm-hmm. would have, which has a lot more caffeine. Yes. So I also have English breakfast black tea, which is a blend of premium black teas. Um, and here I have these little bags. So you open the bag up and there's a tea bag in it. Personally... I think loose leaf tea is better. I agree. You know, but it is it is more cumbersome than just using absolutely. A tea bag. It, well, it's the difference of Keurig, which would be like the bag tea, 
or French press. Exactly. Or pour over. That is exactly the difference. Um, and so I've also got green tea. You know, the bagged green tea I don't really like. I don't either. But I have had green tea that has been fantastic. It's not the tea. It's, you know, like the quality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you find some nice green tea, or I'm sure if you go to a Japanese restaurant and you get green tea, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. My favorite tea is chai tea. Mm. This is um, a box of chai black tea. Um, Just a a bag, more bags of it. I love chai tea lattes. That's probably one of my favorite drinks, alcoholic or (laughs) non-alcoholic. I love chai tea lattes. Um, And I did try my hand at making them from scratch. And I think I made two that were fantastic out of the dozens that right. I tried making. <laughs> I could never get the the flavor strong enough and it creamy enough to my liking. So now what I do is I buy cartons mm-hmm. of pre-made chai tea. Do you use the Oregon chai? Uh-huh. Oregon Trail mm-hmm. chai tea. Um, and I just mix it with milk. On the box it says a one-to-one ratio, one cup of chai tea, one cup of milk, but I prefer it to be much stronger. So I do like maybe a quarter cup of milk Nice. To uh, three quarters so to a like cup a three of... three to one. Yeah, to okay. a cup of uh, at least, at least a, of tea. And um, she makes me one every time I go to her house, so... Yeah, it's my favorite, so, <laughs> so <good. laughs> I make it all the way. <laughs> so yeah, that's it for our life pro tip. Um, I just want to add that if you don't want to drink alcohol or you don't like to drink alcohol, that is totally mm-hmm. fine. You do not need to be drinking alcohol if you don't like it. So that is our non-alcoholic life pro tip for today. Yeah. Enjoy. Cheers. Uh, Okay. So back up to our agenda. I wanted to start with protect LDS children. So that was the first kind of thing on the agenda. We're going to recap the week last week. In Salt Lake, Sam had his much, Sam Young had his much anticipated march for the Protect LDS Children in Salt Lake. They marched from, I believe it was the library, to Temple Square to the church office building to present the 55,000 signatures and the 15 books, the sacred stories of sacred children, where people were able to share their own experiences, predominantly negative, obviously, asking for change when it came to worthiness interviews. And so that was really powerful. It was a wonderful event. It was attended by more than a thousand people, or I think it was like right around a thousand. I think the police estimate was um, between eight and nine hundred plus was the police estimate. Wow. So yeah, that was a pretty good, good turnout. Good turnout. Yeah. And they had wonderful amazing speakers to kind of um, kick off the march. So when they started at, I let's just go with the library. Anyone can fact check me. I wasn't there. I wish I was. But they had some wonderful speakers. They had the representative from SNAP, which is the survivor network for uh, individuals abused by priests. I think that (laughs) something like that. So the survivor network abused by priests. There's another word in there somewhere. Um, and so that was a really powerful because she was the the Utah representative. So she spoke about how important it is that the LDS Church needs to cease these things immediately. Yeah. Then there was a couple other speakers that aren't coming to mind at the moment, but the one that kind of like really got the rally cry going was mm-hmm. Natasha Heffler Parker. And if you have not had the opportunity to watch these speeches, they have been loaded to Protect LDS Children, which is now a YouTube channel, and they are 
phenomenal. If you have any friends or family members that may be questioning or maybe you want to learn more about the issues yourself, I highly recommend watching those videos. They've had a year now to kind of refine and and read people's stories and and really learn about this subject. And it's powerful. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. I will put the link to the channel in our show notes so you can kind of take a look and definitely check out. I love Natasha's speech. So check out Natasha's. And, of course, Sam says a few things as well. And he's right. always just on point. Yeah. So he is continuing to campaign. So don't forget about the campaign. He is continuing to collect signatures. He has not stopped. He will not stop. So Miranda and I did our own portion of the march. On the same day, on March 30th, we went to the Mesa, Arizona Temple. Yep. And we went with, there were about 24 people that showed up with us. And we had signs. And we stood, we flanked there were, uh, the, 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 the city block that the church takes up. We were pretty much on both sides of that city block. We kind of spaced out, uh-huh. manned the corners. And the reason why we kind of chose that day, that time, that place was um, there are lots of members of the church pouring in to watch the Easter pageant. The last, the final Easter pageant. It, yeah. This is the final year that the Easter pageant will be hosted. Mm-hmm. They've been running for 90 years. Yes. That's crazy. So it was a great opportunity to start conversations and I really wanted to stand on the corner so I dragged Miranda with me (laughs) I made her stand on the corner with me and make the Mormons uncomfortable yeah and And we got some uh, video footage so that'll be in our bonus material as well oh yeah that's right Mm -hmm. that's right of us and then of the of the marching and the marching we marched around the block a couple of times just to kind of you know make us more visible yeah get get some more dirty looks yeah I think from from my experience because I did my best to tell people the 10 message which was no more one-on-one interviews no sexually explicit questions ever so i asked them have you heard about protect lds children most of them said no i mean we're we're holding we really a few yeses. big signs so we we're holding big signs that said different messages a lot of them had protect lds children so i would say about 50 percent had heard of us a few people even knew about our rally from Facebook, so that mm-hmm. was exciting that our, you know, our passing around and sharing of our event actually got some traction, yeah. so that's good. And then about half of them had not heard of us, and of those half of people, so I'd say about half were supportive. They had either heard of us or were supportive once we told them what we were there for. And the other half just gave us dirty looks, and then a few told us that we were on the wrong side of the issue <sighs> or that the policy had been changed and we just didn't know yet, which is false yeah the the issue change does not address sexually explicit questions whatsoever and it allows parents to sit in with their children if the children the child requests if it's requested yeah which is it's allowed well i think it's better than nothing you know i think i do think right. it's better than be nothing steps. because the parents that are upset the parents that have been hurt in the past and are upset about this and are aware mm-hmm. can protect their own children mm-hmm. However, other parents who are not believing or wanting to ignore or have no idea of their children and the abuse and the even if there's not abuse, the the mental shame that goes on. Right. You know, if they're ignorant to it or don't care, then those children don't get the help that they need. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important that the policy go farther, because those marginalized children who may not be in a situation where they have someone to advocate for them in their life are still going to be in very risky and terrible situations. Yeah. So that's why I feel like the policy needs to move further. But let I, you're right. Let's. 
let's praise them for steps in the right direction. They're baby steps. And in my opinion, there's they... so much more that could be done. Yeah. And there's so much more that needs to be done. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I'm happy that something has happened at least, you know, and if if anything, it'll draw more attention to the issue because they made a policy change. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You're right. That is so something is better than ignoring us completely. Yeah. Well, and honestly, even, you know, the good bishops out there are uncomfortable about this and they can request to have the parents Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and encourage you know Mm -hmm. so or possibly insist yeah which would be fantastic Mm -hmm. so moving right along to conference so this was a much anticipated conference session there was lots of build-up because you know the there was rumbling coming down from like the 70s down that this is going to be a conference to remember and it actually turned out to be a pretty blockbuster conference if you were an, an active believing mormon there were a lot of things that went on on, which yeah. I don't really care about because it had to do with like, <laughs> let's change visiting and home teaching to ministering. Who the fuck cares? I don't know. That's not my thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. That is one of the big things that happened is they yes. changed the home teaching and visiting teaching to ministering. So I asked my mom because I had no idea. What does that mean? What, <laughs> you know, what are the actual changes that are going to happen? And she told me that um, they're combining the elders quorum and the mm, high priest. High priest. Yes, that's another change. Groups. So they're going to be one entity. Mm-hmm. I had heard that they're incorporating the young women into ministering. Which I thought was a good step. Right. So wow. the young women are included with basically home teaching. You know what I mean? The the young men were always included in that. Right. Young women were never included in that. I had a discussion with another LDS member and they were telling me about, I said, oh, there's, I heard there's going to be change. This was before conference. Mm-hmm. I heard there's going to be changes coming. And she said, oh, well, there's already changes. Um, in Relief Society, they do not teach from the manual anymore. They don't have a manual at all. They teach from the previous general conference. Oh, okay. Talks. Exclusively. Only. Exclusively. Because when I was, because I've been back in my experience as a Mormon, I was in two separate um, Relief Society presidencies, and that was always our fourth week topic. So the presidency would take a talk from the last conference. So now they do that exclusively. So now it's exclusively. They only do that. And um, the other change that I heard was about visiting teaching. This was before ministering was introduced. Mm -hmm. But with visiting teaching, they haven't been using lessons. They only visit. Oh yeah, that's right. And so I think that has been going on. And they don't do a first presidency message in the Enzyme anymore, which is what home teachers would always use. That was the message they would bring. So now the change basically is that there's no teaching. It's so they that's why they dropped the word teaching is because they're no longer coming with the message. They're coming with uh, what can we do to serve you exclusively. Right, Right, right. Which is cool. So with conference. So there was a solemn assembly, which solemn assemblies only happen when a new prophet is called to the presidency. So the solemn and so they have all of the different groups of people sustained. So it goes from the first presidency to the quorum to the 70s. And and so the only the change this time around was that they used to go all the way down through the Aaronic priesthood before they would get to the women, which means the 12 year old boys were sustaining the prophet before the women, adult women of the church were and so that was a change that they made which i thought was that oh, was wow that's a step so what do they do now so now they went all the way through all of the men's quorums and they stopped before they got to the ironic priesthood and they went to the women wow and then they went back wow so that's cool yeah i mean we're still after our hundreds of men but hey we're above the we 12 moved year olds up a little bit we moved up above the 12 year old boys oh man <laughs> 
So that's exciting. And I just wanted to throw out quickly, there are... Garrett Gong was called as a member of the Quorum of the Twelve. He, there were two spots to fill. So he was one. Garrett, Garrett Gong is an Asian-American. Uh, and then Ulysses Suarez is a Latin American. He's from Brazil. And um, so Garrett Gong, you may remember he's his name. He's from Hong Kong, by the way. Oh, he is? Uh-huh. Oh, because he's Chinese-American. That's right. Wow. Oh. He's Hong Kong. <laughs> he's Hong Kong Chinese. If you're, if you're from Hong Kong or if you're from China... It's a distinction. It, there's a very specific <laughs> distinction, and I'm just going to throw that out there. You can, you can you know. call it whatever you want, but I call him Hong Kong. He's 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 from he's not Chinese. He's Hong Kong. Interesting. That's my personal point of view. <laughs> so, and a lot of people, I'm personally okay with this. If you, you may re- recognize the name because he was involved in one of the the very first videos that Mormon Leaks ever leaked last year. And he was the one. This is my favorite video. So good. So, it's the whole quorum of the 12. And Garrett Gong is up there with the PowerPoint telling them, distressing to them the risks involved in the possibility of leaks and the leaks of digital information. And I mean, the irony alone in that I that know. video I was know. the first video leaked. I'm like, yeah, right. It's, beautiful. It's Such a fantastic. beautiful moment. <laughs> yeah. The irony is just fantastic. So he starts, he's trying to educate this, these geriatric old Quorum of the 15, you know, Quorum of the 12 and the first presidency about these risks to data that they, they know nothing about data and leaks and breaches. Yeah, and, they don't know anything about that. And so he starts explaining to them WikiLeaks and he starts talking about Julian Assange and um, Chelsea, Manage, Chelsea Manning, which I forget Chelsea's name before. I don't know. Doesn't really matter, but I think there there was some reference to um, whatever Chelsea's name was before. That's what they used, I think. And so both of those individuals, as you may remember, were involved in huge leaks. Chelsea Manning leaked lots of military information, just hundreds of documents. Mm-hmm. And through, I think it came through WikiLeaks. And so Julian Assange was the one that put it on WikiLeaks, his website. Garrett Gong was explaining this to the Quorum of the Twelve. And their only question is... Because they're talking about Julian Assange. Well, is he part of the homosexual agenda? Is he a confirmed homosexual? And that is literally, I kid you not, their only question and their only concern. This whole meeting about leaks and the irony of this video being leaked. And their only concern is, well, is he a confirmed homosexual? (laughs) I'm sorry. Heads are so far up your ass. All you can think about. Well, I I mean, honestly... Gong is t- is speaking another language yes. to these guys. They don't, you know, they're. Oh God, it's just hilarious. <laughs> it's like so funny. Number one, the homosexual agenda, <laughs> you know, because that's real. Oh, and that's on our Instagram page. <laughs> if you haven't seen the homosexual agenda, it's day day by day. Look oh, it up, man. So that alone is hilarious. <laughs> and two, it's completely off topic not the point that he Garrick no. was trying to make and elder gong keeps trying like bless his heart he keeps trying to redirect them and yeah. like well i don't know i nothing's yeah. confirmed like let's get back to the topic at hand right. and they just keep going right. back to it and he's like dude do you not see what's going on and he's just like he the point was that this is happening this is gonna happen to us etc cetera, etc cetera. and all they can think about <laughs> homosexuals. So that's Elder Gong. I don't know anything about Ulysses Suarez, so we'll just have to get to know him together. Um, or not. I'm totally fine not. following. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, pretty much that's all that I really wanted to talk about with that particular right, let's thing. let's move on. Let's do some shots. Okay, yeah, God, thank you. <laughs> 
need a shot. Shot break. This is my new favorite. Thank you to Colleen. It's called Sweet Revenge. It's Aaron. Revenge. Aaron picked it up. Oh, Aaron. Thank yeah. you. So this is uh, Sweet Revenge. It is basically strawberry flavored whiskey. And I was drinking a whole bunch of it. Before. And it is 35.5. It is 71 proof. It ain't for the light of heart, folks. That is not just a flavored liqueur. That's straight up liquor. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, sorry. Look at you. Spilling. Okay, I'm doing a buttery nipple over here. Spilled. Spilled so a little. good. I want like five more of those. Okay, so the next part that we're going to talk about is um, we ran... Oh, Randy, you, you get to take this oh, one. Oh, cool. You take this one. So we did a, uh, a meme contest in our Facebook group on Easter. So I asked for the most blasphemous Easter memes that you could find. And I said that the winner, whoever has the most likes, will be announced on our show. And the winner goes to Kate Johnson in our Facebook whoop, group. Whoop. Thank you, Kate Johnson, for sharing this fantastically blasphemous meme. Easter meme. It says, Jesus died for our sins, except he didn't actually stay dead. So what did he sacrifice? His weekend? Jesus gave up his weekend for your sins. Aww, <laughs> so, so that sweet. One, that one was our Thanks, winner. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Shot break. What do you want to do? There's, There's rum. I'll do a rum chata. Do you want to do rum, with rum fireball? And rum. rum and fire? Yeah. Mm. That's what I want. Well, rum chata already has cinnamon in it, so that's a good blend, right? I'll do that with you. Yeah, rum chata with fireball is called a cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, that's right. That's a thing. So that's my favorite. It's not my favorite, actually, but it's very delicious. Mm. It was my favorite for a while. So I just did a little bit less fireball of rum chata. I did a little bit more because that's what I had <laughs> first. Apparently yeah. I didn't. Oh, this is the wrong lid. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, right, ready? ready? Cheers. Cheers. Mm. That was a little bit more fiery. Whew. Yum. Mm. All right. Rum, cheddar, fireball. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. It's good stuff. So during the solemn assembly, or swiftly following the solemn assembly, there is a moment of silence while the new gentlemen that are called take the stand. Gentlemen. Ha. Huh. Whatever. What do you want? What, what are you going to call them? Assholes. How about... <laughs> Belligerent geriatric old. There we go. I like that. That's what I go. Disillusioned men. Disillusioned men. The disillusioned men are taking the, the stand. The disillusioned men take the stand. So during that sacred moment of silence, a brave soul stood up in the balcony. Her name is Crystal Legionnaires. And she shouted at the top of her lungs, stop protecting sexual predators, repeated three times. So if you didn't catch that story, we speak to Crystal directly last week. We did. And it was an amazing interview. I had a blast. It was so oh, yeah. good to get to know yeah. her, to hear all of her backstory. Absolutely. I was fascinated to hear what happened next, what people around her said and did. So I loved it. And also the reasons behind her, you know, her actions and also the reactions of her most immediate family and close friends. Mm -hmm. I thought was that was interesting as well. And her plans for the future. Uh -huh. So, yeah, if you didn't catch any of that, check out our just this past episode. And that's that's the interview that we did with Crystal. So she also, of course, got coast to coast headline news. Mm hmm. Shot break. So we're going to do a little smorgasbord. 
here. Do you do that? Let me introduce Virgil's root beer. So this is non-alcoholic root beer. And you might ask, why would you want that? But <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you why. So this root beer is absolutely fantastic. Super delicious. Um, it's, it says on the label here, winner, N-A-S-F-T, outstanding beverage. So it's won awards. Um, it's micro-brewed with 100% natural ingredients imported from all corners of the world. Virgil's root beer, made naturally for the root beer connoisseur. So mm -hmm. I suppose I'm a root beer connoisseur now. Fuck yeah. But um, who's not? It's it's just super delicious. And what probably my favorite part is the label. Using natural ingredients, we brew a root beer so pure, so rich and creamy, you'll swear it's made in heaven. So then it, it depicts uh, heaven with uh, a bearded man serving root beer. And who does he look like? He looks exactly like Jesus. <laughs> so we've, this is my Jesus beer. And um, it's really fantastic. Non-alcoholic, of course, but very fantastic. Yum. So, yeah. I'll <laughs> Drink to that. <laughs> Drink to that. There we go. That's so we're good. mixing. We're Because it's non-alcoholic, we are mixing it with rum chata and rum. Mm -hmm. And uh, Colleen, what was that rum? It's Oak Heart, Bacardi Oak Heart. It's my favorite rum. It's a spiced rum. And it's good stuff. It's quality. It's top shelf. I believe it's medium to top shelf. All right, cheers. Cheers. Oh, that is a good combo. New favorite right here. We just made it. Yeah, that's delicious. Okay, write this down, folks. Two new Mormon happy hour cocktail. Root beer, spiced rum, and rum chata. You heard oh, it here man. first. That is making me happy. <laughs> that's good. Okay, next on the conference rundown. The stats were removed from conference. So for the past decade, at least two decades, possibly, I think the past two decades, they have read the stats in one of the sessions. I forget which one of the morning sessions. Sunday morning? I don't know. Yes. Yes. Sunday morning. It's uber boring. But, you know, if you're a numbers dude or chick person, then, you know, the numbers are cool. But for the first time ever, they removed the stats and they published them within like 30 minutes or so, I think, after conference online. Instead Instead of hearing it, you have to go. You have to go look for it. for it yourself. So they were published online. Smarter people than us that have math skills have taken a look at the stats. Um, the growth rate in 2010 was around three percent. In 2017, the growth for new members was below. One and a half. I, I want to say wow. 1.3. Wow. So the church is still growing. So don't listen to those ex-Mormons tell you that the church isn't growing because they're That's full of shit. Faith, faith destroying rumor yeah. for you. It's still growing. And the birth on record in within the church is also, I think it decreased by like 10,000 this past year. Oh. So it's significant-ish. So the other thing about the stats that was interesting is that there is a TBM website, totally TBM, but it, it's a third-party site, so it's not directly affiliated with the church, but okay. it's like uh, LDS Temples. Okay. And they have a post on their website now that says you could look up the stats for stakes and wards around the world on this website. They would kind of archive all of the stats for the church. Okay. And an easy place for you to locate. They have now removed all of their stats, and it says that stats have been removed per request by the legal department of the LDS Church. Wow. Yeah. They don't want stats out and about there floating around the internet. Nope. All gone. All, all the history, everything, all stats are gone. Wow. There are no stats on that, that third-party website anymore. Wow. Yeah. Control That's the very, narrative, man. very interesting, yeah. 
that control is very obvious. Yes. So that was rather interesting. I will put the link to that in the show notes for you all as well. And I'm going to take a nice big swig of this delicious drink. I know. Drink. That's what I was thinking. Our good friend at Missed in Sunday School, Greg Stapley, did his uh, annual or semi-annual, I should say, every conference he does the breakdown of men to women ratio. So I will read them for you. Men, minutes spoken, 388. Women, 33. Hmm. What's that percentage? Just under 10%, which would be one out of 10. One to 10. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, well, we're as important as tithing. <laughs> Import, as important as tithing. Actually, it's less than 10%. This so. is a joke. I was, a we are bit. far less important far than tithing. Yeah. Do not, do not be Hey, hey, you know misled. what? You do need tithing to get into the temple, but you need more than one woman to get into the celestial kingdom. Ooh. Oh, that just means that we're not as important all by ourselves. Oh, shit. You need to collect more <laughs> of us because we're not that valuable. God damn it. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay, <clears throat> moving right along. Prayers given. This is where they fucking blew it. Yeah. I don't know what the deal was. Like, this has been the new thing that women get to say prayers in conference. That was the new thing. Wow. And it went from 10 prayers given by men. That's 10 opportunities. They had 10 prayers? 10 prayers. Well, because it counts all four sessions and then the priesthood session. So that's two, four, six, eight, ten. 10. Yeah, that's 10. Oh, okay. Uh, guess how many were given by women? Zero. Big fucking zero. So a total talks, total addresses given. 31 for men. Three for women. The president that was going out... The Young Women's President, I want to, is it, uh, I don't know. I just heard that her talk was excellent. So if you want, even as as a feminist woman, Mormon, ex-Mormon, I heard great things about her talk. So I would recommend checking it out. See what you think. As, see if you like the direction. Did you say as an ex-Mormon woman? Yeah, there were lots of, I heard lots of um, in the ex-Mormon groups that I was kind of. Wow. Well, maybe I'll check it out. Filtering through that she had some... It was one of her, like, if you could only give one talk to make a difference. Elaine Dalton? Was that her name? Elaine Dalton gave that, that, a talk no, like that, that? That's not right. That's not right. She's... I'm going to have to fact check fiercely myself. Fiercely Mormon. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I'll have Wear to fact check that. kind of woman. I will put that talk in our show notes. How's that? Okay. Yes. Moving right along. Um, this next topic might require a shot for me. Are you about done with your drink, Missy? I'm not done yet. I'm, I'm chug, getting there. Chug. Okay. All right. What do we got next? So next we have Quentin Cook's non-consensual immorality talk. Yay. <laughs> so. Let really? Me... Really? I know. God. I know. So let me get it out. Uh, let me read what he said. Before we move on. Remember how we did um, conference bingo? Yes. Drinking. Well, we did the drinking game. Yes. And we talked about um, same-sex attraction. Uh, guess what wasn't mentioned during conference once? The same-sex attraction trial. Nothing. Wow. No homosexuality. No same-sex attraction. I was really excited that it was a zero, a, a no-show for pornography, but I did one. There was one reference to pornography. Oh. But that's pretty good. One reference out of... What, 388 plus 33 minutes? Yeah, out of 31 talks. Well, 31 plus 3, 34. Over 400 minutes. Yeah, so for every, for out of 34 talks, there was only one brief mention of pornography, which I was like, hey. That's good. That's an improvement. And no mention about the same-sex attraction. No mention. Wow. Yeah. 
a lot of the uh, feminist Mormon spaces, I and a couple other just Mormon spaces that are more prone to watch conference, I asked, was there any mention of homosexuality, pornography, benevolent sexism, and, you know, basically anything. Was there anything not mentioned that we were all expecting? And that's where I found out about the pornography, so I was a little bummed about that. But for the most part, a lot of people were Wait, actually... One one mention of it is way better than multiple talks about it. Exactly. Way, which has happened before. Exactly. So for the most part, people were pretty uh, okay and impressed and relieved by the topics and the overall theme of conference. So mm-hmm. I'd say... Not so bad, except for this thing we're going to talk about right now, which was fucking awful. Okay, so the headline on the New York Post is Mormon leader remarks on sexual misconduct draws criticism. Um, This is actually from the Associated Press. Quentin L. Cook, he did his best to address sexual assault since that is something that has been, the church has been getting beat up in the news in regards to sexual assault because of the um, MTC rape scandal, which is wonderful. And so he happens to be the one that decides to take that on during conference, which is what we all wanted. We wanted to hear something. So bless him for taking it on. Yeah, we did want to hear something. Uh, But this is what he says. It is commendable that non-consensual immorality has been exposed and denounced. Such non-consensual immorality is against the laws of God and of society. Okay, hold up. What? Of God and society? Did you How just about make, illegal? Did you just make up a word? Yes, they did. They what? Did. What's that? I can't believe it. Well, and it just, it makes it sound like the fault is to, for both of them to blame, which is absolutely wrong, absolutely untrue, and just makes you, makes me want to throw up. I agree. Exactly. Because what makes that even worse is his next sentence. This is his next sentence. However, those who understand God's plan must also oppose consensual immorality, which is also a sin. So this so is he's the basically problem. he's just putting them side by side and yes. then you're like it's the same thing. Yes. So my problem being a survivor of sexual assault, rape. The problem I have with not using the word rape in this situation, you can't even call rape sex. They are different. I am sorry. Every day till I am blue in the face, I will tell you that rape is different than sex. The difference is consent. Yes. And in this, sure, he says non-consensual, but then he calls it immorality. Since when is anything that requires your consent, since when is that something that is immoral to you? And something that I was toying with in my head is... Well, non-consensual immorality. Okay, so that's like the new pseudonym, like the new code word, yeah. the code speak for rape and sexual right. assault. So you like, don't want to be saying those You can't words. just, I mean, sure, if you don't want to say rape when there's children present, you can say sexual assault. That's not an offensive term. Right. I mean, I don't think any term should be offensive. I think we should be educating our children. But regardless, you can say I was raped. But if you say I was non-consensually immoralized, then you just said that I was immoralized. Somehow your morals have now been tied up in the act. Yeah. And that is completely inappropriate. Your morals have nothing to do with rape. Yeah. Because you have no choice in that matter. Your morals are completely outside of that experience. And they are not changed. And that's the big problem is that he's tying morality to rape. It sucks big time. I can't, you know, I'm super angry about this non-consensual <laughs> immorality. Just 
I mean, thinking about how mislabeling and using the wrong words those effects had on the gay community, the LGBTQ community. Right. Though that just pisses me off. Mm -hmm. And this is taking it to a whole nother level of, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, so I'm, I'm angry about that. You want to you want something to cleanse your palate? I do. Okay, so (laughs) back to the Easter memes. My absolute favorite Easter meme. Uh huh. It wasn't really Easter. It was now now it's kind of a conference meme. And I saw this actually on Reddit, and and I might have to go on a little bit of a tangent right now. Okay. So we we might have to put the non consensual immorality on the back burner for just a second because the username on Reddit who posted this meme, her username is. Al Fox's tramp stamp. <laughs> My word. <gasps> the oh. best username on X Mormon Reddit I think good. I have ever that is good. seen. That is good. So if you don't know who Al Fox is, um, Al Fox Caraway is her married name now. She is a paid social media influencer, is her official title. Mm-hmm. She is a recent convert to the church from New York City who followed the call to Salt Lake City. She's a blogger, and she has now been hired by the church to be a social media influencer. And now she has a full-time job as a public speaker. She does firesides and all kinds of testimony building experiences where she's pocketing cash because it's her job. Yeah. And she is the Tattooed Mormon is her nickname because she's covered in tattoos and she's just this, like, innocent, Molly Mormon, mousy-looking, just innocent-looking girl. Right. But she's covered in tattoos. Which totally doesn't fit. Like, I, ugh, she seems so manufactured. But whatever. She could be totally real. I just am not a fan of the idea of a paid social media influencer that just seems so icky to me uh-huh i've heard a couple clips here and there oh she's full of the dramatic flair and ah oh, i just can't stand it the annoying thing is that she's using the fact that she has tattoos and whatnot to be preachy that's what i find annoying Ugh. about it is the it's edgy I, she's edgy. i'm cool i'm edgy but I still believe in in the Mormon God, you know, and it's like, mm, okay, just just. Okay. She she's also a designer. We can throw that into her repertoire, and so she sells her own clothing line. So there's a picture of her that has a, sh- a shirt that says um, "Wake, Pray, Slay," and then she's like going like this with her tattooed sleeves, and she's all like excited about it. I'm like, slay Is like it- Nephi. Like, are we just gonna like? <laughs> Cut the heads off unsuspecting drunk people? Like, what? who are we slaying? Um, that's hilarious. It's comical because if you step back and look at the Mormon church, there's so much of it, so much of the culture that is just downright childish. And so to see her using, you know, this cool look yeah. as, you know, yeah. a promoting the Mormon faith is yeah. just childish to me. I agree. So back to conference. The reason, <clears throat> so the reason why we brought up Al Fox Caraway is because the username, like I said, is uh, Al Fox's tramp stamps. Now you, now, now right, it's gone now full circle. Now, now you get sense. it because she's the tattooed Mormon. Anyway, so the meme that was posted was a picture of Mary, the mother Mary. She has just discovered that she is pregnant. There and it's in that a very soft, muted, beautiful art. And she has one hand over her mouth as if she's gasping. And then in the other hand, she's holding 
the pee stick with a positive pregnancy test. And then the meme says, the Lord works in non-consensual ways. Oh, gross. So anyway, I'm sorry. I just love that one. <laughs> so she posted. So this user posted that. The user posted the it. The user, not the real Al Fox. Fucking not Al Fox. No. Yeah. Al Fox's tramp stamp posted it. The tramp stamp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry. Anyway, moving right along. Shots? Shot break. I haven't had a sweet revenge, so I want a sweet okay. revenge. Let me pour you. Okay. Do you want another one? Or do you want something different? I'll have some rum chata. Okay. Oh, damn. That's very full. <laughs> Dude, that's like 35.5%, yo. So you got... I got to keep recording here. <laughs> Can't keep my game face on. All right. It's like not quite so full. All right. Here's oh, your mercy. whiskey. Ready? Cheers. Cheers. I want to get something creamy to put with that. So it's like a strawberries and cream. Do a spiked milkshake. Strawberry milkshake with whiskey. <sighs> That would be delicious. Next time you come over, we're doing that. Yeah. All right. So let's see. What else do we have going on today? The two other, there's some other headlines that I wanted to briefly blow through. Briefly. Briefly. They could take forever. So we're we're just not going to do it. Uh, McKenna Denson came out um, with a press conference in regards to the lawsuit that she's filing against the church. She held a press conference live in Salt Lake, I want to say last Thursday. I'm not sure when. But I just want to add in here, McKenna is the, McKenna Denson is the victim of Joseph Bishop where that um, audio came forward very recently. Yes, that's right. Where he was the MTC president. She um, confronted him about raping her in the basement of the MTC. He doesn't directly confess, but he says that's probably true. And then he inadvertently confesses to several other victims within that recorded conversation. And there have also been police reports now. And the church themselves has confirmed that there has been a second victim. Right. So... All right, so she held the press conference. So the next thing with McKenna, the church found out about the recording in January. They had attorneys start working already starting in January when they initially heard about this recording to create, I believe it was a nine-page dossier that included things like her, her church record was open. So anything that she had confessed to the bishop, any formal discipline she had ever received, any mental illness and job losses was in there. Totally Um, inappropriate. Completely inappropriate information. And the most awful piece of information that was included in this dossier is she was a victim of sexual abuse as a child at the hands of her stepfather. She had a she child, got pregnant. had the baby, was put in touch with LDS Social Services where the baby was put up for a closed adoption. A closed adoption. So this woman who is McKenna's put up for adoption daughter is reading through a newspaper article, the dossier. This is before McKenna has come public. So McKenna is just an unnamed victim at this point. This woman who is reading this newspaper article has no idea that it is her mother that this all all this MTC rape scandal is about. She reads her own name in the newspaper in this dossier that the church has provided Two attorneys who then provided to the other attorney representing Joseph Bishop, who is his son, Greg Bishop. And Greg Bishop then turned around and spread that dossier to all media. He just mailed it out pell-mell to anyone who would read it. And so it was published. And so this woman finds out that her mother is this 
MTC rape victim. And let's just back up. She may not have, one, known that she was adopted. Yeah. Two, known who her mother is at all. Yeah. And three, now she's finding out who her mother is and that she was adopted and that her mother has was raped in the MTC. And if she didn't know that she was a product of sexual assault at the hands of her mother's stepfather, now she knows. I can't even that? imagine. Like, it's so sad. Releasing closed adoption information? I'm sorry. So that's, irrelevant. I mean, I'm hoping that somebody sues the church for that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's really upsetting. So all I want to say is that the church, that is 100% the church's fault. Yeah. That those that type was, of things. That was not okay for was, them to release that, was fucking out that of information. Line. Out of line. So anyway, uh, the next thing that we wanted to cover was a fertility doctor who was in the news. I'm going to include the, the, a link in the show notes to all of the specific details, but I will just tell you the, the quick and dirty T- TLDR version of the story. So what's happening is this woman, she goes to Ancestry.com, which is owned by the LDS Church. She gets a DNA test to um, discover a little bit more information about her ancestry. She gets the report back and it lists her match as a father with a name that she doesn't recognize. So out of frustration, she calls her mom and she's like, oh, this test is just, you know, it's not reliable. She was really frustrated with the reliability of the test and thought it was a waste of money. She tells her mom the name of her supposed father. Her mother recognizes the name as her fertility doctor 30-some years prior. Her mother doesn't say anything, but immediately calls the woman's father. They had divorced. They had divorced by this point. So she calls her ex-husband, Tells him the news. He is livid that he is not the father of his daughter. Yeah. As part of their fertility treatment, their doctor had recommended that they use donor sperm. So they had specified someone who met the genetic criteria of the father. Mm-hmm. Someone who is over six feet tall, brown hair, blue eyes. That's what they requested. And their fertility doctor came back and said, I have a match for you. We'll proceed. They proceeded with the, the procedure. Guess who doesn't meet that criteria? The fertility doctor. The fertility doctor who donated his sperm. Wow. So now the couple that went to their fertility doctor, they know the truth. They're freaking out. They don't know how to tell their daughter. She has no idea still who her father is. Yeah. So she is, months later, she's going through paperwork at her father's house, at her parents' house. She comes across her own birth certificate, and she recognizes the name who is her father on Ancestry.com as the doctor who delivered her. So she freaks out. Yeah. Calls her parents up like, what the hell? Yeah. And then now now everyone knows. And the whole family is now suing the the clinic. His name is Gerald Mortimer. He works in Idaho. Um, Sally Ashby was the mother who was um, became pregnant through artificial insemination in the summer of the 80s. In closing... We wanted to thank our Patreon subscribers. We are almost at officially 50%, 50 to our first goal. And if you'll remember, our first goal was to reach $100 in donations. So that way we can cover things like cameras and um, server subscriptions and a subscription to Zoom. So we can do like the interview that we do with Crystal. We're looking to subscribe to that service so we can do more interviews for you. And once we reach that that $100, we're going to do a live. Well, maybe not so live. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We're going to do. Might be partial. Partial live. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll do some live clips. Partial live clips, but not the entire thing. We are going to do a drunk 
Mormon History Kitchen. So that's where we're going to make things like candle salad or whatever else you guys decide to request. Yeah. And we get to bitch about things like polygamy and patriarchal dudes in the church that decide to impregnate hundreds of women with their own sperm. Just things like that. So... If that's something that you are looking forward to, then um, become a Patreon subscriber for as little as a dollar a month. And if you get in there, you'll look at all of the other tiers. We always do a live video of all of our episodes, and those are available on to our subscribers only on Patreon. So we would love to see you there. So we wanted to thank, we have two new donors this week. We have Christy Atwood, who we met at the rally. So thank you, Christy. And we have Richard, who actually upped his donation so that he could get our live videos with our guests mm-hmm. on the show. So thank you, Richard. So yeah. And congratulations. You get to see the videos. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Not kidding. Not kidding. <laughs> and if you happen to love us enough to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes, that would be fantastic. We did get a new review. His name is... Darth Revan. This individual. Oh. I don't know if it's a he. The the review was really great. Convo. Love the hosts. So we love yeah. you too. A lot. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for leaving us a positive review. We love it. As we gain more notoriety, we become more visible to those who may not share our views on the church. So we'd love for any additional support from you who love us. <laughs> Anything in closing? Um... My closing thoughts are there is a lot that's going on with the church right now. They've been in national headlining news a lot. So um, I'm expecting some big changes to be happening soon. I hope so. I hope you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any closing final thoughts? Oh, shit. Just that this was a blowout week for the church. I'm I'm really grateful for it. I'm grateful that conference wasn't worse than it was. I'm I actually yeah. am grateful for the positive steps that they took forward. That's that's yeah. actually kind of hopeful. Especially like with the ministering where you were talking about taking the teaching out and things like that and yeah. not using manuals. I'm like, you know, I kind of think that I would like that. Yeah. If I were still could stomach church at all. Yeah. But I think I would really enjoy that. So I think that there are some positive steps being taken. They just uh, need to take bigger steps yeah just for everyone's safety and protection so we'll see all right that's all we have for today be sure to check out the mormon happy hour podcast on facebook instagram twitter and patreon thanks for listening to the mormon happy hour cheers impregnating (laughs) that's good that is making me happy shut it